0: Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. We're talking branding, and we've covered books and series. Now we take a good look at how writers brand their own business. First question, pen name or not? Different pen names. Second what guide will help create our brand and third how do we create an author bio finally picking up from last episode a last look at blurb scripts boiled down to the essentials with two examples inquiring minds of curious readers branding helps sell books Brand success means that you are selling many books. To have brand success, you have to deliver the goods promised. New writers often begin their writing career with many different ideas in many different genres and subgenres. I have a science fiction romance story sitting off to the side, waiting for an opportunity while I write historical mysteries and fantasy stories. Those historical mysteries are under one pseudonym while the fantasies are under two others. Why am I not working on the science fiction romance? Why do I have three pseudonyms? The answers to those two questions created the title of this section, Inquiring Minds of Curious Readers. When I graduated from reading Trixie Belden and Nancy Drew, I jumped straight to my mother's books, written by Phyllis A. Whitney and Victoria Holt and Mary Stewart. She had Agatha Christie's and Rex Stout's, a few by Earl Stanley Gardner, and many others, including B.M. Bower. She read as widely as I do now. I likely developed my own eclectic taste from hers. When I finished one of my first Phyllis Whitney books, very likely Huntress Green, I turned the last page, and there was a brief author bio with a photo of Mrs. Whitney. I had the sudden realization that great books are not only written by people but also that I could become one of those people writing the great books. I hope I'm starting to achieve the great part of the dream. I know I've achieved the writing books part. We all have those crystal-clear memories. Reading Whitney's bio is the first crystallization of my dream to become a writer. To me, Whitney's brand meant a determined young woman, 1, facing danger and perhaps death, 2, from mysterious forces, 3, while falling in love, 4, with the love interest associated with the mystery and death, 5. She was branded by the marketing department as the queen of American gothics, a brand she hated. She preferred to be called a writer of romantic suspense. That brand, however, captures exactly what she did with many of her books. You brand yourself in the same manner that you brand your novels and create your brand before someone does it for you. How do you determine your three little words? You've already done it. The brand for your books, with a little shifting around, is your own brand and that's the reason I have three pseudonyms, and may go to a fourth or fifth. Each pseudonym is for a different genre and subgenre. I previously mentioned Victoria Holt, whose real name was Eleanor Hibbert. She had over five different pseudonyms, some she developed, one suggested by an editor, and another suggested by her agent. Nora Robert uses a version of her own name to write contemporary romance novels. As J.D. Robb, she writes futuristic science fiction police procedurals. She's also published under two other pseudonyms. Christine Catherine Roosh writes science fiction and fantasy under her own name. As Christine Grayson, she writes romances, usually with a magical twist. As Chris Nelscott, She writes mysteries. Salvatore Albert-Tolombino published novels as Ed McBain and Evan Hunter. Joanna Penn has a wonderful blog using different author names or a pseudonym as a writer, which lists the reasons writers seek different names. Find the link in the show notes. If you are crossing genres and intend to do so often, you should consider different pseudonyms. Remember that the audience expectation of your brand is what is most important. Readers of historical mysteries very rarely venture into fantasy or science fiction romance. I do, but I, I'm a voracious and eclectic reader. I've read Whitney, along with Mary Stewart and MMK, G.K. Chesterton, Conan Doyle, Dick Francis, Nora Roberts, Alistair McLean, Victoria Holt, Isaac Asimov, Barbara Hamley, Lindsay Baroker, Frank Herbert, C.J. Cherry, Andre Norton, Jane Austen, Emily Bronte, Rosamond Pilcher, and R.F. Delderfield, and many, many more. I read biographies and histories and literary novels, and basically anything that will intrigue me, unless it looks like modern and postmodern nihilism. Those are nopes. I depend on the branding of books and authors to steer me to new reads and I gone through any books by a found author as long as those books meet the established brand that drew me to the author in the first place. So those three little words become very important to you in marketing the individual book, the series and your writing persona. First key question, what persona do you want this brand to reflect? As M.A. Lee, my brand is Historical Mysteries with a Dash of Romance. I write Sweet Romance, everything intimate is off the page, in the Regency period and in the 1920s. I have plans for Contemporary Mysteries. I will have to tweak that brand, removing historical. Here's a handful of catchy brands by current writers. Karen Kingsbury, Life Changing Fiction, Clive Cussler. Grand Master of Adventure Sierra Knight, Defy the Dark Jamie Goad, Beach Reads with Bite James Scott Bell, Suspense Never Rest Your author biography is a part of your author brand. You need to place it on your social media platforms, as well as on your author pages for your distributors and in the back of each of your books. The best bios are short, under 50 words. Some range up to 100 words. Check out the bios of your favorite authors, which I won't use here because copyright. Here's a brief list of items you should have in your author bio. A. Your writing credentials. A veteran of more than 25 books. B. Genre, which is the reader-to-book connection. 25 Books of Romantic Suspense C. Interesting facts that give a personal connection Humor gets bonus points Dick Francis's bio always pointed out that he was a former jockey and had ridden racehorses for Queen Elizabeth II until a bad fall forced him to change careers 3rd person point of view is D. Writing in third-person gives distance and sounds less arrogant. The arrogance of first-person self-reportage, I have written 25 books of action-adventure, becomes less prideful in third-person objective, as McLean has penned more than 25 novels of action-adventure. E. Contact information, or how to follow you, or something like that. This will be social media and author websites, including a professional email, if you have one. Here's a brief script for a blurb with two analyzed examples. First, use the tagline. Second, present the protagonist and the situation or setting. Third, what's your central problem? Four, what is the obstacle? Give me three. Five, what is a danger? Give me three. And six, end with the title, the position in a series, if that's relevant, and any rights information. Here are the blurbs for two of my books. The numbers key to the script and additional information presents the purpose. So, for the key of spies, first, spies and traitors, lies and treachery. Unexpected love as bullets fly in the historical romance, The Key for Spies. That's the opening tagline. We have paired dangers, and love and bullets are juxtaposed. Starting with presenting the antagonist in the situation, I have two primary antagonists. First, here's the sentence for the first protagonist. Giving the setting and situation. Spain, 1813. Wellington launches his final campaign to free Spain from French control. On reconnaissance, Simon Pargiter seeks a quick route through the mountains. And here's the same kind of sentence for our second protagonist giving the situation. Continuing the setting, Miriela Tabba, aided by Jesus Contreras, leads guerrillas in rebellion against a French garrison. The third element is the central problem, our primary obstacle. Spurred by the promise of gold, two traitors lurk among the gorillas. Fourth is giving our obstacles, our starting our dangers. So here are three dangers. Can Simon escape the French patrol hot on his trail? Can Mary hold her gorillas together long enough to get the information that Simon needs for Wellington? Can Mary locate the traitors before they betray Simon and unmask her? Then five, our final element, the antagonist may win. So we're tossing that into the mix. Will the traitors reap the reward while Simon and Mary swing from the gallows? Here's a blurb for the key with hearts. We begin with the tagline. And we're starting with alliteration, M's and K's. And, sees, and a play on words. In The Key with Hearts, a convenient marriage inconveniently causes murder in Regency England. Here's a second tagline, alliteration and juxtaposition as key elements to attract attention. Married for money, not for love. Our next sentence presents the protagonist in the situation and gives us a word trick with Aziz's listing causes of unhappiness. Six months ago, Liza Corbett married Greville Myers. Her money saved his estate. His nobility raised her station. Their relationship is uneasy, tepid, and uncomfortable. Now we bring up conflict. What some people consider good, our protagonist does not. We have the blurb. She has a good life, doesn't she? Her little terrier loves her. Lovely gardens await exploration. What more could she want? Love? That's no guarantee of happiness. We begin next with problem and suspicion. Then Liza barely escapes a murder attempt. Who craves her death? Next comes dangers, with the greatest one last. We have four dangers here. The woman who had planned to marry Liza's husband? The mother-in-law who hates her? Someone unknown? Or does her husband want to kill her? If she's dead, he has her money, and the woman he loves. What's the reason no easy solution is available? Who can Liza trust? And now we're going to increase the problem as we conclude. The murderer strikes again. An innocent is gravely injured. Will Liza discover who wants her dead, or will she be the next victim? Use those blurbs as that concluding third glance. Then you've got your author brand in your bio at the bottom of the blurb, which should confirm for the reader that they've got a great writer who will present the story in a way that will catch them up and give them the entertainment they seek to avoid the stresses of their life. All through July and August, the right focus is in a series on branding using Emily's guidebook, Discovering Your Author Brand. A link to view images of the covers discussed is in the show notes. Worksheet templates and a video trailer script are available at Buy Me a Coffee. Find that link also in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Write Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emily Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at AOL.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here, without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs. Right on!